Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. The feedback on the Coach Jeff Rudder podcast episode 27 has been incredible. It's hard to truly list my favorite notes from Coach Rutt. Non-negotiables. What values are you bringing to your program? Truly invest in your players. Provide well-thought-out suggestions based on data. Paint a picture of what you expect. And of course, eat that frog. The amount of information and tips that Coach Jeff shared was simply epic. Thank you, Coach Jeff Rudder, for sharing your story. Today, we are talking to Spike Albright. Spike is currently a graduate assistant coach for Coach Matt Painter at Purdue University. Spike is probably not your most traditional graduate assistant coach. At 29, Spike is just entering the college coaching profession. After a successful medical sales career, Spike knew it was time to be a coach. There are numerous things that you soon will find out that I love about Spike. For starters, the insights that he shares about playing for Coach Painter and Coach John Beeline is excellent. Just listen to Spike's appreciation and loyalty for his two great coaches. Next, if you are a current head coach and listening to Spike, you will soon see that this is a young man that should be on your radar come spring. Finally, There's a level of patience that all graduate assistant coaches need to hear today. If you are a GA, listen to the advice that Spike gives to other GAs at the end of this podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with young coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Spike Albright and tell his story. Real quick, before Coach Spike's story, I need to tell you about my affiliate partner that I have been supporting since episode one. That friend, Desmond Ferguson, the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. Check out moneyballsportswear.com. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys and girls sports attire, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, shorts, you name it, Moneyball has it. Get all your fall gear ASAP. Truly, what are you waiting for? If you are a high school and or AAU coach and you need a new set of uniforms, please reach out to Moneyball. The uniforms that Desmond and his team creates are simply spectacular. Go to moneyballsportswear.com, shop away, enter the promo code DRO. D-R-O, in the coupon checkout. Grow with us. Moneyball, the only way to ball. Spike, why do you coach? So I coach for a couple reasons. You know, first and foremost, I just love the game of basketball. I've been around basketball ever since I can remember. But also because basketball has, has given me so much throughout the years. I've met so many great people and I've traveled to so many great places, gotten two degrees from world-class universities. I was able to live out my dream. So now as a coach, you know, I want to give back to the younger players and help them live out their dreams because I know how special it was for me. And I feel like, you know, every kid who wants to play at the next level should be able to achieve that and live that out. So just talk to me about how you got to Michigan. I think it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, my, my story was unique. Born and raised in Crown Point, Indiana. I came out of high school and, and I had zero Division One offers uh, coming out of high school my senior year. So my brother was at Brown out on the East Coast, the Ivy League school. He was playing basketball there. 
they were the only Division One school recruiting me, mm-hmm. um, but I was a point short on my ACT. So they had sort of recommended that I go to prep school out on the East Coast. Ten years ago, prep school was way different, right? Mm-hmm. Especially being from the Midwest. Like, I had no idea what that was. So I was, I was hesitant about it. But I decided to go out to prep school. I went to Northfield, Mount Hermon. And it ended up being, you know, the best decision of my life. Um, I went out there. I played for John Carroll, who's still the coach today. We had a really good season. Our team had a ton of success. And I kind of, it was just a perfect storm. You know, it was right place, right time. At the time, it was probably February, March. Michigan was playing. Trey Burke was a freshman. He was a really, really good player and was considering being a one and done. Mm-hmm. And, and Coach Beeline did not expect him to leave early. Like Trey was, and I don't even know if he was a top 100 recruit, but he was thinking about leaving after his freshman year to go to the NBA. So he had no backup plan, no other point guard on the roster. And my AAU coach was Wayne Brum. I played for SYF. I was teammates with Mitch McGarry and Glenn Robinson, who were both Michigan commits. Mm-hmm. He had reached out to Coach B and was like, hey, I got a guy who plays at Northfield Mount Hermon. He doesn't look like much, but you should go check him out. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, Coach B told me I don't pass the eyeball test, uh, whatever that means. He came out and seen me play, and I just happened to be playing my best basketball at the right time. He brought me on campus. He offered me on the spot. And I, I tell this story all the time. It, 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 it's pretty good. He, you know, I'm sitting in his kitchen, and he looks at me and he goes, hey, you're either going to get me fired or you're going to make me look like a genius. Wow. So I was like, well. I hope I don't get you fired. So um, <laughs> he he offered me, I accepted on the spot, and the rest is history. So isn't that a great lesson? So obviously you're a graduate assistant for Matt Painter at Purdue, but isn't that a great lesson how Coach Beeline was the head coach of Michigan and he was the lead recruiter on you? Crazy. No, it is. And I, I remember talking with Coach B and, and Pete Kaler, who was the director of ops. I know you know Pete really well. Yeah. He told me that Coach Beeline watched more film on me than any other player he's ever recruited. But I'm, I'm just fortunate that, you know, a lot of times I, I feel like coaches and we get so caught up in rankings and the hype and mm-hmm. what, you know, these scouts are telling you and what AAU teams they play for and their their size, their height, all this and that. But Coach Beeline, you know, I felt like he took a chance on me, but he, he believed his eyes. He trusted what he saw and, you know, he, he knew how I'd fit into his system and what he wanted to do at Michigan. I um, mean, it was a perfect fit and it worked out well for both of us. What a great lesson for recruiting for you right away. But what was it like playing for John Beeline? Oh, I love I love my time at uh, at Michigan for Coach B. He's such a great person, such a great coach. He's like a mad scientist, especially when it comes to the offensive end. I tell people all the time, he's like an offensive savant. Hmm. So definitely a player's coach. He you know puts you in positions to succeed, um, lets you play through mistakes. So it was a really great fit for me. Um, and we had a really good four years there. So Pete, we talked about Pete Kaler. You know, I, I, I'm really good friends with Pete. I was just getting more background and information on you. You know, one of the goals is to advocate coaches. And I'm talking to coaches at all levels. So obviously, your mid-major assistants, you know, high-major assistants. We even had Nate Oates on, you know, high-major head coach and elite head coach. You know, wanted to get a graduate assistant perspective. And you're a little different. You're at 29 years of age. You know, you played in the Big Ten at Michigan and Purdue. You went out in the real world and you made a living and then you decided, hey, I want to come back into coaching. How did you aspire to be a graduate assistant? I really want to know your mindset. Where did this all come about? Yeah, so I uh, I obviously played my fifth year at Purdue with Coach Payne, um, which was a great experience. I love Coach Payne. I love Purdue. He's been really, really good to me throughout the years. But I just, I've continued to maintain that relationship even after, you know, I got done playing there. He actually offered me the video coordinator job after my fifth year while I was still in school. And believe it or not, I I turned it down. Um, I was just unsure. You know, I just got mm-hmm. done playing. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. 
Um, I was a little bit burnt out on basketball. You know, I had some really good job offers and, you know, I was, I was 23, 24. I wanted to go make some money, kind of step away from the game. So I went and did medical sales for a few years, which was good. You know, it, I think I needed to do that to realize how much I love basketball and how much I needed yeah. you know, to, to get back into it. So once I, I saved enough money or whatever I, in my mind, I thought was enough money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of always knew I was going to get back into coaching. You know, basketball is really all I've ever known. Yeah. So when I decided to make the jump to get back in, you know, I, like right now I'm 29 years old, but I'm not worried about, you know, like being a 29 year old GA or whatever. Like mm-hmm. my main thing is, is the experience, right? You know, I could go and try to be, you know, a support staff guy or, you know, an assistant at a, at a low level, you know, D2, D3, wherever. But I was like, I would rather associate myself with greatness and like really, really good coaches, people who've done it at a high level where I can learn and absorb on a day-to-day basis. And also the fact that I, I know Coach Paint, there's familiarity with him and Purdue, and, and he's just such a good, genuine person. Um, I felt like this would be the perfect start for me. That's awesome. Let's highlight Coach Painter. What was it like playing for him in your graduate year? Yeah, so it was it was a lot different than Michigan. Him and Coach Beeline are very different. They're both basketball geniuses in their own right. I love my time with Coach Painter, especially I was a little bit older, you know, as a fifth year and a grad transfer. The thing I love, I love most about Coach Payne, and I really admire about him, is just he's such a good, honest person. He's so down to earth, and he's just super relatable. You know, I think the fact that he played at Purdue, um, he kind of understands like he understands what it's like to play at that level. Some of the challenges you're going through, you know, as a student, as an athlete, his ability to relate with his players while also, you know, getting the most out of you. Um, I've always admired that about him. But we've had a really good relationship, even from you know, my fifth year and the fact that I, you know, I turned down a job my fifth year and then here I am four or five years later, I'm coming back and asking for a job as a GA and, you know, he didn't tell me to kick rocks. I think that says a lot about him. So, um, I definitely enjoyed my, my last year there at Purdue. Um, I felt like, you know, he, he's treated me like one of his own since, since that day on. You've dove into this GA position just recently, just observing Coach Painter, and I know you guys are getting back on campus soon. Like, what have you observed from him as a head coach now that you know you played for him? What's the difference now going from player to, you know, watching him as your boss and just seeing how he goes day to day? You know, it's it's pretty incredible. He just doesn't let anything phase him. Mm. You know, like he's been, and I'm not trying to call call him old by any means, but he's been doing it for so long. Yes. There's there's nothing that he hasn't seen, you know, and some stuff that would like rattle other coaches or, you know, drive you insane. It's just like, yeah, he's like, hey, he just kind of, you know, you adapt, you you figure it out. And he, he's just, he's got such a calm, poised demeanor about him. But his, his ability, again, just to relate with the players, you know, to be hard on him at times when he needs to, but also get the most out of him. It's incredible. I don't think he gets enough credit, you know, for how good of a coach he is and for how, how smart he is um, in a basketball sense. But just to see the work and the preparation he puts in on a day-to-day basis. You know, and also the other cool thing, which I don't know if it's like this everywhere, the way he involves the rest of his staff. Mm. I mean, as, as a GA, I feel like I'm as, I'm as involved as anybody on the staff. That's great. You know, we're in every meeting. And, and as a GA, that's what you want. Like, yeah. you know, you want, you want that, that professional growth and that, that personal development. And he really helps you you know, helps you get there. So I'm, I'm super excited. I've been here since May. I think we've got a great thing going. We're obviously excited about our group of guys this year. 
um, but just don't have enough good things to say about Coach Payne. Time for a quick 30-second timeout. Coach Spike, getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You also get a great-looking podcast website. They provide audio players that you can drop into other websites. They give detailed analytics to see how people are listening. To start your own podcast, follow the link in my show notes. Let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. You'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And this helps support my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. So you mentioned the staff you played for, an elite staff at Michigan. You're working with an elite staff in the Big Ten, Brandon Brantley, Terry Johnson, Paul Luss, and Elliot Bloom's probably one of the most underrated director of ops in America. What have you learned from those guys so far? Yeah, they've, they've really taught me a lot, you know, especially just in my, my, you know, my three months here at Purdue. Because when I was playing, it's hard. You know, you're not, you're not upstairs as much, you know, in, in, in those settings. But just during my, my three months here at Purdue, you learn so much about the business, mm. right? Like the ins and outs and the behind the scenes and what goes in, you know, to recruiting, visit, you know, logistics, like talking, you mentioned Bloom, like the ins and outs of travel, scheduling, you know, Nick Teruso, who's our video guy. I'm learning video and synergy and sports code, things like that. Because I really, I just don't want to put all my eggs in one basket and pigeonhole myself. Because mm. you just, you never know what opportunity could present itself in a year or two. So, you know, I want to do a great job where I'm at, but I also want to learn as much as possible so that I can I can have options. So you've been around winning. You've been part of winning. You know, obviously at prep school, obviously at Michigan, you guys are 20 minutes away from the national championship. You guys want to Purdue too. But I heard you say that Coach B used to say when he talked about Michigan culture, being part of something bigger than yourself. Was that really your first lesson, do you think, Spike, in culture? Yeah. You know what? That was That was my first like high level dose of it. Mm. You know, I was, I was fortunate growing up here in Indiana. I played for some really great coaches who teach the game the right way. Um, I played for John Carroll out at, at North Carolina Herman who teaches the game the right way. Great coach. So I understood, you know, you know how to play the game and, and right versus wrong. But like it really got drilled into me, you know, during my, my time at Michigan. Um, and coach Beeline was big on that, you know, be a part of something bigger than yourself. It's, it's kind of dating back to the old Ben, you know, Bo Schembechler days of the team, the team, the team. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's tough in college, you know, especially the higher levels. I tell kids this all the time, you know, coming into college, everybody was the best player on the high school team, right? So somebody's going to have to, like, we're not all going to lead the team in scoring. So guys are going to have to make sacrifices for the betterment of the team. But you mentioned Jeff Meyer earlier, yeah, um, who was an assistant coach of ours at Michigan. And he used to always say, he said, a high tide rises all boats or a high tide raises all boats, mm. you know, and that, that's something that just really stuck with me. And it's like, Hey, if, if you can put, if you can buy in and put the team above yourself and as a group, if we collectively have success, your individual performance and your individual success is going to skyrocket. And I think the best teams that I've been on, that's been the case. You know, you, you mentioned that Michigan team earlier. I mean, there was six or seven first round draft picks on that team. You want to talk about egos. Like, all those dudes could have been the best players, right? But it was like we had Karis LeVert coming off the bench. Mm. Karis LeVert's going to make over $100 million. 
You know, I love Coach Meyer. I got to get him on the podcast. You know, one of the things about him, he's like, a, he's like a lifelong learner. I was at Detroit a long time ago, and he was an assistant for Brad Stevens, actually, at Butler. And always was impressed with him, obviously a head coach for a long time, but just constantly reading and learning. Did he share that with you when you played for him? Like, was he always talking about just the what different ways he learned? Yeah, you know, and, and me and Coach Meyer had a unique relationship because Indiana guys, too. Yeah, he's an Indiana guy. He was, aside from Coach B, he was like, he was the main guy who recruited me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at, at first, I'll be honest, and I love Coach Meyer, but I was like, I couldn't get a read on him, you know? <laughs> like, when I first got to campus, I was like, like, hey, this guy's a little bit crazy, you know? To drive me a little bit nuts. But, like, as I got older and, and more mature, you know, during my time at Michigan, I grew to love him. And, and, you know, every day he was teaching me stuff. And I just, you know, when I was a freshman, I was so wrapped up and consumed with, with myself and what was going on, you, you fail to realize it. He spent 30, 40 years in the business. There's so much I learned from him and he's someone I still stay in contact with today. Yeah, great coach. Glad you guys have that relationship. Spike, what's the Purdue culture? So I would say that the Purdue culture, man, and Coach Coach Paint does a great job of this. Like Purdue, and, and I'm like everyone says it, but it's real here. Purdue is, is family. Mm. Like Coach Paint, I mean, it's the reason I'm here. Coach Paint looks after his own. I mean, he played at Purdue, played at Purdue. He loves Purdue through and through. So, you know, he, he wants to help his guys, help them succeed in any way he can. But also, the biggest thing with Coach Payne is just like, he's the most honest, upfront, down-to-earth person you'll ever meet. I remember him telling me when he was recruiting me, he tells our guys, even on their, their visits, he's like, hey, I can promise you one thing. He goes, I'll never lie to you. That's great. So even, even if it's, you know, what you don't want to hear. I'm never going to lie to you. It's just great that you've had these two different versions of high-level culture. And then, obviously, you're going to be submerged in the season this year and, and helping your guys try to win a Big Ten title. So you're going to even experience culture at even a higher level, you know, from a different perspective now, from the coaching side. But it's just great that you've had two great examples. And that's going to really, really benefit for, you know, you moving forward. No, absolutely. I, I, I hope so. You know, I'm as I mentioned in the very beginning, I'm I'm super fortunate. Basketball has given me a lot, you know, and, and the fact that I got to play at Michigan and Purdue, play for John Beeline and Matt Painter, there's not too many guys who can say that. You're, you're still a hero in Ann Arbor. The, the 17 points in the first half against the Cardinals, and it's just incredible the run you went on. And, and I found an article today that you kept on telling yourself just to be aggressive, stay aggressive. And do you think this mindset will carry over for you and coaching when you approach the guys with, you know, we're going to talk about skill development here in a second, but just that mindset of staying aggressive. I'm just always blown away when guys have elite performances. Like, how did they get to that performance? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I think it all boils, boils down to confidence, mm -hmm. you know, and like at this level and the higher you go up, if you're not confident and if you don't believe in yourself, oof, you're going to get exposed quickly. You know, like other teams see that and they see that as a weakness and they're coming after you. So, you know, obviously I step out onto the basketball court. I, I know, I know I don't look like much. So mm -hmm. what do you think's going through the other team's mind? And if I'm not confident and sure in my own abilities, they're going to be coming after me. So I, I tell kids this all the time, like, hey, basketball is not a game of perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But for me personally, I know I put in the time as a player. I put in the time and the work. So, like, every time I step out onto that court, I'm going to be confident because I know I put in just as much work, if not more, than the guy standing across from me. You know, and I, I think you earn that right. If you don't put in the work, then that's on you. You know, it's like walking into a test. If you didn't study for the test, you're not walking in thinking you're going to ace it. You know, but I, I absolutely think this is something, you know, I'm going to carry over into coaching. You know, part of my job as a grad assistant working with players is to help instill confidence in these guys, you know, and, and not 
irrational confidence, get mm-hmm. them out there, you know, doing crazy stuff that they shouldn't be doing. But it's like, hey, within the system and, you know, picking and choosing your spots, you know, you got to be confident in yourself because if you're not, you're going to get left behind. You know, you are a great shooter. How much shooting did you really do? Oh, uh, I mean, so, so, I mean, I did a ton of shooting. But here, here's my thing. I think, and this kind of goes into the whole, whole thought press process behind the individual workouts i think people get confused with oh i got up a thousand shots today or i spent two or three hours in the gym mm-hmm. i don't buy into that and i'm not saying my philosophy is right but like i would rather be in the gym for for 45 minutes going game speed shooting game spots you know and shooting and doing stuff that translates because i think you know when when you're playing and, and, and the bullets are flying that's what matters like anybody could just go and shoot stepping for you know, an hour and a half, two hours, but like it's way different when you got to go game speed and you got a defender flying at you. So that's something I try to emulate when I'm working our guys out at Purdue. Coach Spike, sorry for a quick break. By the way, you sound like an assistant coach. Great work, my friend. In episode one, I mentioned that the goal of this podcast is to advocate coaches at all levels in all positions. Spike's a great example. Graduate assistant coach. Moving forward, I have a lot of goals with this podcast, and these goals will be shared on future episodes. However, there are a few young coaches that I'd like to advocate this month. Why? One, I for sure want to help their brand. I also believe in them and respect the hard work that they are doing for their current head coaches. Here are the four young coaches that you soon will be learning more about. Charles Devlin, GA at Eastern Michigan for Coach Stan Heath, Kevin Hickey, Assistant coach at Concordia for Coach Ricky Yawn. Koji Vroom, assistant coach at UW Oskosh for Coach Matt Lewis. And Zach Verhulst, assistant coach at Chipola College for Coach Donnie Tyndall. Good young coaches, great young men, and I am super excited to share more about them. So, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So, obviously, you trained some kids in the Ann Arbor area and or north of West Indiana area, and I know you did Zoom video workouts and all this before Purdue. Take me through just a couple things, like how, what's some simple things for ball handling that you work on? Yeah, so almost almost with everyone, you know, we definitely do, like, position-specific stuff, mm-hmm. but pretty much across the board, even with our bigs, we'll do some sort of ball handling, whether it's stationary or, or on the move just to get them up and down a little bit, um, kind of get them loose, get the blood flowing. Something I work on, you know, I probably spend four or five minutes on each workout is passing. Okay. Um, in like situational passing, you know, especially for our guards. Because I think passing is one of the most talked about skills in games, but it's one of like the least worked on things. Like how many guys just don't work on passing in individual workouts, right? It's like, no, I'm going to go work on my, you know, my combo moves and my pull-up jumpers. It's like, no, you need to be able to come off a ball straight, hit the indirect. Mm-hmm. Like so that he could shoot it and hit him on time. So we'll do some ball handling, some passing. Um, I like to work, you know, work work my way inside out. So we'll start closer to the rim, whether that's with form shooting or different types of finishes, just give him a variation of finishes, especially for the guards. But then we kind of, we get more into like mid-range pull-up jumpers. I always do at least one or two sort of competitive shooting drills. Sure, we'll have days where we just do step-ins and like, you know, guys will come and get shots up on the gun. Mm-hmm. But I, I tell guys when you're in here with me, we're gonna we're gonna do some sort of competitive shooting drill because I think that that helps wire the competitive nature in your mind. So I need some sort of measurable, right? Like you need a baseline. I need to make, you know, if it's like Coach Beeline sixty and five, or you you need to make Celtic drill in two minutes, whatever it is. Like there needs to be some sort of pressure factor on you. If you're just going through the motion shooting. Like, we all know that's way different. Like, anybody could just step up and, like, casually make, you know, 10 threes. But it's like, 
okay, now if you, can you make 10 threes in, you know, 45 seconds? That's, that's way different. I remember coming watching you in practice, Spike. Like, well, let's just go on the passing. Coach Beeline did just insane amount of drills on passing. Like, I remember this big oh, yeah. cir- circle drill you guys did. There's like five yeah. guys in a circle. And him, him and Meyer were in there, and you guys were pivoting. And just, you know, it's just incredible, just the technique with all the pivots and then making perfect passes i've teased coach beeline i see him all the time at a coffee shop and i know he's working with the pistons and he's doing an incredible job with their development but i've told him a million times that if, when you put out all the drills like it's going to be incredible just like what was your favorite shooting drill with coach you mentioned a few you know so 60 and 5 is his staple with with coach b it's one ball one rebounder right five minutes five minutes on the clock rapid fire right you got to make 63s in five minutes the rebounder is just as important the rebounder's got to work his tail off. So that's why that rebounder is so important. He's got a he's got a rebound pass. Obviously, it helps if you have a good shooter so the ball's not flying everywhere. The record, the most I'd ever seen was, was Duncan Robinson. He's <laughs> eagle high for himself. Um, yeah. He hit 83 of 89, I believe, which is, I mean, that's high level. Like, I was always around probably, like, upper 60s. I think I broke 70 once. But, like, that, that was supposed to be thing. Like, if you weren't getting over 60, you weren't shooting threes in games. Mm-hmm. You know, and it. And if you weren't getting it, you were coming in every day and working on it. So that's a really good one. I like Celtic drill, which is just five spots, right. wing top, wing corner, two in a row, there and back, try to get in under a minute and a half, two minutes. Just, just I mean, you get creative, all sorts of things like that. I just think when, when you put a number on it or a time, some sort of measurable, you force yourself to, to compete and really focus. And I just think that's, that's kind of how you, you help become a, a better shooter. I always thought you were really good off the bounce. You know, you could play off ball screens and you could move without the basketball. How have you done those two areas and help the guys at Purdue and then, you know, just help the guys in general, you know, before Purdue on those skills? Yeah. So I think a lot of that has to do with, with your basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you have to have an understanding of if I'm coming off a ball screen, what are my reads here? It's like being a quarterback, right? Like, what are my progression? You know, if I'm coming off a ball screen, what's the hedge hedge guy doing? Is he hard hard hedging, soft hedging? How about the tag guy? Is you know, is he bumping? Is he indirect? Um, there's a really great clip actually of Chris Paul. I don't know if you ever seen it floating around Twitter, um, but him talking about ball screens, and we we try to do similar stuff to that, where we're putting guys in in those types of situations, and then they got to react. So like, I'll be the uh, the indirect guy. So it's like. Am I bumping or am I staying with the shooter? And they got to make a real time decision because it's it's obviously easy if you come off the ball screen and it's and I tell you to hit the the roll guy five times in a row. You know you you know where you're going before you come off. So it's like no no you got to read me because that's game like in my opinion. So you know it, it's hard because you only got so many bodies. But I just try to do a little bit more situational stuff that forces these guys to think because. You know, you can't predetermine those decisions in game. You're just going to turn it over. You know, everyone raves about when you played at Michigan, just your ability to pick up Coach Beeline's playbook. And you just mentioned IQ. With all the terminology and the movement that Coach B had, you were able to get it down as a freshman. And it, it obviously helped you throughout your career there. How do you think you can use that skill to help your current players? Yeah, that's something I take a lot of pride in. You know, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, I was a five I was a 5'11 unathletic point guard. You know, so I didn't have, you know, size and athleticism and quickness and all that to my my liking. So like basketball IQ and having understanding of, you know, where to be, when to be, that that's a huge advantage. And and I think that's something I'm working with our our guards here at Purdue is understanding your spots and like 
knowing where and when to be aggressive, you know, when should I reverse the ball versus when do I have an opportunity to attack. And the fact that I have a familiarity with with Purdue and our program and, and Coach Painter's playbook and our system, um, that's something I've definitely been working with our guards on, myself and our other our GA, Tommy Luce, you know, because a lot of it, especially for younger guys, they're super, super talented. Right. If, if you're playing the Big Ten, you're obviously talented. But a lot of it, these guys have no idea how to play college basketball. And, and they're just they want to get the ball and go, mm-hmm. you know, and they're breaking up the flow of the offense. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you like the play was supposed to go here and you just took off and dribbled it back into a double team. So kind of helping, like, bring those guys up to speed. And that's and that's something we've been doing more of in the workouts just to help coach paint the staff. So that way, you know, come fall, we can kind of hit the ground running that these guys know what the heck they're doing. Spike, what are your goals in this profession? So my my ultimate goal, that's that's a double-edged sword. So my ultimate goal, I want to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I would love to, to run my own program someday. You know, I think that's, at least for me, that's why that's why I got into the business. Um, I think that, you know, that'd be amazing. But for right now, I, I try not to even, you know, look that far down the road. Yep. I think for, for right now, you know, my, my biggest goal, my biggest focus is just to stay present with where I'm at, do a great job at Purdue. I want to be a sponge and at, absorb as much as, as possible from Coach Payne and his staff. I'm excited, you know, hopefully in, in the years to come, to move into an assistant role somewhere and get out onto the road and, and recruit and get those experiences. But, you know, I don't get caught up in, in worrying about where I'm going to be in two or three years. I just I want to do a really good job right now at Purdue for Coach Painter um, and help our guys. You know, I want to win a lot of games this year and um, help our guys, you know, achieve their, their dreams and goals. I always add in the podcast, what are some simple tips for other young coaches? So some coaches that are similar like you could be GAs, could be guys, you know, just young guys. Like, What are some things that you think are very important for them? Yeah. So, well, well, the first thing is I would tell guys, especially who are similar to me, who are maybe kind of like, you know, dancing around whether or not they want to get into the business. I would say, don't wait. Right. If, if you want to coach and you want to get in, it's only going to be harder if you wait. Like the longer you wait, the harder it is to get in. So, you know, if you want to get in, go for it. That would be my, my first little tip of advice. But also just stay in the present. I know I kind of just touched on that. But wherever you're at, you know, no matter what the role, there's nothing nothing too big or too small. Do a great job with where you're at. Do whatever you can to help help your coaches, your players succeed now. And, and the rest will take care of itself. You know, you start worrying about jobs two, three years down the road, that's when you get yourself into trouble. You know, just stay in the present. Do a great job with where you're at. You know, trust, fall in love with the process and the rest will take care of itself. Well, Spike, I'm glad you're on your journey. I love your perspective. I love your focus. I love your maturity. I love your loyalty, not only to Coach Beeline, but for sure to Coach Painter. I definitely think you're on the rise, my friend. And I'm really appreciative today of you sharing your story. I know we helped some young coaches today and I'm really wishing you all the best of luck this year at Purdue. Coach, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. You get some rest and you gear up for this fall, my friend, okay? Let's go. Boiler up, baby. All right. Be good, Spike. (laughs) See you, Coach. That was a great conversation with Spike Albright. The ending of this podcast was so good. Stay present where I am. Do a great job for Coach Painter. Do a really good job right now. Be a sponge. Absorb as much as possible from Coach Paint and his staff. Love it, Spike. Being part of something bigger than himself. A high tide raises all boats. Big time, Coach Jeff Meyer. Purdue is a family. 
Coach Painter, I will never lie to you. Awesome. How about the famous Coach Beeline drill that Spike shared? 65 drill. I want you to just imagine Duncan Robinson doing this drill at the Miami Heat practice facility right now. Thank you, Coach Spike Albright, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. And we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe, be you, keep coaching, and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.